I want to thank you for being here this, tonight. You know, this is kind of used to. I come up, I get up here about 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'm just standing up here, everything's empty. Yeah, I didn't like that, but anyway, we wanted to get back and open up the church and get back to some, some normal stuff and quit feeling of this COVID mess. And, uh, but I'm, I'm just glad to be able to, to do this again and everything. So, uh, you know, tonight I thought we'd do a little, little study on uh, Satan. And, you know, the thing about it is so many people do not believe in the devil. They don't. And that's why he likes it. He don't want you believing in him. A lot of people see him as a cartoon character. They see him, you know, all the cartoon characters. How's he dressed? He's got a little red suit on, running around with a pitchfork, and has horns. And that's the way people picture Satan. But they do not believe that he is real. They do not believe that, that, that Satan is an enemy that uh, roams and prowls. And that's, but the Bible says he is. And uh, we're going to look at things. You know, now Jesus had several run-ins with Satan himself. Jesus says Satan is real. Paul had a number of run-ins with the enemy, Satan. Paul knows he's real. Peter, he had a real run-in with Satan. He knows he's real. I hope we all realize that, uh, you know, in the Bible... When, when Jesus taught on heaven and hell, he taught more on hell and Satan than he did heaven. Why? Because he says, hell is one place you do not want to go. He wants us to know what hell is. He wants us to know about Satan, that Satan is real, that Satan is an enemy to man. And, uh, you know, there's a scripture in there, and it's John 10.10. 10. Now Jesus is talking, and Jesus says, For Satan came but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. See, that's Satan's job. To kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy any and everything that God created. And that's us too. He wants to steal from us. He wants to steal our hope, our faith. He wants to take everything away from us God has given us. He wants to kill. He would love to do away with God's creation. And we have to be prepared and realize probably every one of us has had some kind of a dealing with something that Satan has caused or did in our lives. We may we may think about it being something else, but chances are Satan was the cause of it. You know, we serve a beautiful, loving, wonderful God. God doesn't want us to go through things, but Satan does. Satan wants to destroy God's creation. So, I'm going to start out right here with a scripture, and this is from Peter. Peter's given us a warning. Peter knew what he was talking about, and he wants us to be aware of how Satan is 
the things that he does. So the scripture I'm going to start out with, and I'm, I'll, I'll probably use it a second time later, but it's 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9. And listen to what he's telling. He, what, Peter is warning us about Satan. Listen to what he says. <clears throat> he's talking to us. He says, be sober, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking, looking for someone he may devour. He's looking for some, uh, someone that he can devour. He's looking for someone to steal from, to kill, and someone to destroy. That's his job. That's why he is here. And then it says here, resist him steadfast in faith. I'm going to show you something in a minute, and you may not have ever, you've probably heard it, but you may not have thought about it. But he said, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. By your brothers, by your Christian brothers and sisters. You're not the only one experiencing these things. But our brothers and sisters in Christ are also experiencing them and going through them. You know, the children of God have an enemy who is called Satan. He is our enemy. And, uh, you know, the title Satan, actually, it means adversary. Adversary is someone who comes against you. In other words, an adversary is an enemy. And that's how he's listed in the Bible, as an adversary, as an enemy. Not only our enemy, but he's also an enemy to God. And uh, God, if you want to see what happened in Revelations chapter 12, and starting in about verse 12, it tells about a war that took place in heaven. It talks about Michael. And the angels fighting a war with Satan and his demons. Michael was victorious. And Satan was kicked out of heaven along with his angels or his demons. And God said something. He says, woe to the earth. Take heed. He is coming down and he is very, very angry because he only has a short time. Satan knows he's got but a short time. So what he's got to do or what he wants to do to God's people, he's got a very short period of time to do it in. So he's going to go all out, do all he can to destroy families, and God's already warned us about it. Woe to you inhabitants of the earth is what God tells us. Woe. Be watchful. Take care. Know this is coming. Be on guard. Be aware. You know, it says, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to it here in a minute. Uh, it says, you know, in addition to being called Satan, that's not the only name he's got. He is also called the devil, which means slanderer or false accuser. 
Do y'all know that Satan would go before God and accuse us to God? Look at those people. Look how they're sinning. Look how they're acting. God, you can't, you can't bless these kind of people. Satan went before God, accusing you, me, of the sin in our life. And of course, we've all got sin in our life. The Bible tells us we do. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if we say we have no sin, then we make God out to be a liar. Well, we've all had sin. Probably a lot of us still have sin. We make mistakes. We make mistakes. I don't know what it is. Uh, we make mistakes in our life. But God knew that we would not be perfect people. But yet Satan would go to him and accuse us. But God made arrangements with us. He said, when you sin, if you will come to my son Jesus Christ, and if you will confess those sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive those sins, and then he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. When we make a mistake, boy, Satan's ready to pounce on you the minute you make a mistake. But when we mess up, the thing we need to do is just simply, in our heart, Go before God. Say, Lord, I made a mistake. And I come, I'm repenting of that mistake, and I'm asking you to forgive me. God will forgive you. Now, can't you just see Satan? He, he, he's sitting there just as mad as he can be because God forgave us. He said, man, I, I've got them in a trap. But that's when, like it said, when we called out to God, God reached down that mighty hand, got a hold of us, and pulled us out of that miry clay. He pulled us out of the trap that Satan had us in. And Satan is always, what did it say? Going, walking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Looking for somebody constantly to devour, to destroy like I said a while ago, Satan is also called the devil, which is, like I said, is, is also means slander or false accuser. He's called the evil one, simply because that's what he is. Father of lies. Satan cannot tell the truth. Satan will contradict anything that Jesus says. Satan will contradict it. And he'll come against it with a lie. He will never agree with God. He will always tell you a lie about what God said. It says, for he is the father of all lies, and the truth is not in him. So Satan cannot tell you the truth. But he can come against you and lie to you so convincingly that a lot of people believe him. You say, believe him? How can you believe Satan? Well, from what the Bible says, a third of the angels believed him. He fooled a third of God's creation in heaven, a third of the angels. He was so convincing in what he told them. We don't know what he told them. 
course, what, what brought it on is Satan wanted to be above God. He wanted to be higher than God. He wanted his throne to set higher than God's throne. He wanted to be above God. And he convinced those angels, you come with me, we'll be above everything. Satan's powerful now. Don't think he's not. And they believed him. Some of those angels were kicked out of heaven with Satan, and some of them were thrown into the fiery furnace already in chains. And that's where they're spending time until judgment comes. Satan is called a thief. He's called a roaring lion. And he's called a serpent. That's what he was called when he came to Eve, Adam and Eve, the serpent. Scripture teaches us that Satan is not only evil, but this is what I was saying a while ago, he's also very powerful. We do not realize how powerful Satan is. His power was so great that not even Michael the archangel dared to confront him on his own. Michael didn't even go against him. He didn't confront him. Instead, what did Michael do? Satan was defeated. But how did Michael do it if he didn't confront him? And this is the way we need to confront Satan too. Satan is more powerful than we are. But we can confront him just like just like Michael did. Listen to how Michael did it. Here in Jude 1.9, he looks at Satan and he says, The Lord rebuke you. God. Now nothing is more powerful than God. Nothing is more powerful than Jesus Christ. Nothing is more powerful than the Holy Spirit. Now who do you have living on the inside of you? You've got the Holy Spirit. When Satan comes against you, we confront Satan with the power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. It's like, I rebuke you, Satan, by the Holy Spirit in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, you're letting Jesus take care of it. You're doing it in Jesus' name. You're doing it under the authority that Jesus gave us. Do you realize Jesus gave the church an authority? And many times we don't use that authority that the church gave us. I mean that Jesus gave the church. But Jesus gave us authority to do what he did when he was walking the earth. Jesus was getting ready to go back to heaven to be with the Heavenly Father. And he told us, all power belongs to me in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. He says, but I give you, talking to the disciples and talking to the church, the authority to do what I did. He gave us the authority to lay hands upon the sick, cast out demons, 
We have the authority. Jesus says you have the same authority if you believe in me, if you have accepted me as your Lord and Savior, if you honor me and believe in me, serve me, you have that same authority that I had when I was on earth. And many of us don't realize that. And many times, I'll be t- I'm not bragging. I'm bragging on God. When I go to the hospital and I pray for somebody, I ignore them with all, I say, by the authority of Jesus Christ that he gave me, I've been praying for you just like he prayed for those on earth when he was here. He said, you have that authority. He says that you can lay, uh, this is Jesus' words, that you can lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, the the sick person has a, they have a hand in this too. Well, how does a sick person? Faith. Faith. He says, for without faith we cannot please God. We must have faith. He said, if you have just the faith of a tiny, little bitty, tiny mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, mountain, move from here to there, and that mountain has to move. Now, Jesus was not talking about some huge mountain. He's talking about maybe a mountain in your life that's causing you a problem, like finances, unruly children, sickness, or whatever. That's your mountain. But he says if you speak to it, in the faith, if you've got just enough, just full of a mustard seed, that mountain's going to have to listen to you, and that mountain is going to have to move. Now, why don't we do that? Many times... We have our loved ones. Something happens, they come down sick or whatever. How many of us go and pray for them? How many of us lay hands on them? How many of us anoint them with oil, just like Jesus told us to do? Now, and there's something that Jesus would tell them when he anointed them with oil. He says, go and let it be according to your faith. If you've got faith enough to believe you're healed, you're healed. That's what he told the lepers. He even healed leprosy like that. But a person has to have faith. They have to honor Christ in believing He is who He says He is. And that's the sinless Son of God. And all power is in Him. Do y'all realize, and I probably told you this before, but when Judgment Day comes, it's not going to be the Father God sitting on the throne judging. You know who it's going to be? Jesus Christ, His Son. The scripture says, in there he says, for Jesus so just for God has put all judgment, he has given all judgment to the Son. God's turned over judgment to Jesus. God's not going to judge you. Jesus is. And if you're a Christian, you've already been judged. And you've been found not guilty. If you were judged at the cross for your faith and believing in Jesus, you're free. What did you say in Romans? 8-1. For now, there is no condemnation. Condemnation is another word for judgment. There is no judgment now in those who are in Christ Jesus. You're free. You're clear. You've, you've been judged at the cross. You've been washed in the blood. And your sin is moved and gone. We don't realize sometimes what God has already done in our lives. We just do not believe sometimes what God has done in our lives. 
And just this one I said, because Satan is so powerful, we need to take him seriously. Quit thinking he's a little cartoon character running around that he don't have no power, he can't really do nothing. He's, got, he's still got power. He can still cause a whole lot of heartache, a whole lot of trouble. We have to combat him. How do you combat Satan? How do you put him in his place? Well, he's so powerful. How did Jesus put him in his place? With the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God. He came to Jesus in the desert after Jesus had he'd been fasting 40 days, 40 nights. He was weak. He was tired. What was the first thing that Satan hit him with? He knew he was hungry. He said, if. Okay, he's always trying to even put doubt in God in Jesus' mind. He says, if you be the Son of God, turn these rocks into bread. Thinking that Jesus, boy, in 40 days, he's bound to be hungry. He hit him with temptation. Temptation of satisfying his hunger. That's the way Satan comes against us many times with temptation. He, Satan knows each one of our weaknesses. He knows what we're susceptible to falling for. He knows where our weakness is, and that's what he will hit you with. Any opportunity he has, he will come against your weakness. Each one of you know what your weakness is. You got a, I'll just put it like this. Okay, say you've got a weakness for drinking. Don't go to the bars. Stay away from them. Because you'll have that friend. Oh, come on. Let's just go have one beer. One beer. I'll guarantee you, you will not have just one beer. He's going, oh, come on. One more. One more is not going to hurt you. Before you know it, you can't even walk out of the place. No, don't. If, if, if that's your weakness, steer clear of it. When we steer, steer clear of our weakness, Satan can't tempt you with it. You're not there. He can't tempt you with it. And that's what Satan does. He's the tempter. That's another word for him. The tempter. Like I said, I'm going to read it again. But because Satan is so powerful, we need, to take a, we need to take him seriously and believe he is who Jesus says he is. Peter writes again, talking to his disciples and us. Jesus knew one day we would be reading this. He knew one day we was going to hear about Satan. He knew that one day we was going to have encounters with Satan. He said, I'll warn my people ahead of time. He warned us way back here in the New Testament about Satan. They'll read it and I hope they get it down in their hearts. Believe what I'm telling them and they will do what I'm telling them to do. 1 Peter 5, 8 again. He says, be sober, be vigilant. He says, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. To be sober, to be vigilant means to be watchful. Watchful for those situations around you and to be alert. Be ready when Satan comes. 
What does the Bible say? If we knew the hour the thief was going to break into our house, we'd be ready for him. Stay ready. Stay ready because Satan wants to break into your house at any given time. Be ready for him. He's telling us, be ready, be, be watchful. Look at the circumstances and things going on around you. You know, I bet you anything that, that probably as Peter wrote this, this 1 Peter 5, 8, he even thought about that time when Jesus tempted him to deny Jesus. Y'all remember when Jesus, he said, the cross, Jesus, Peter said, Lord, I would never deny you. I'll even die for you. These, all these others may, may forsake you, but Lord, I'll die for you. Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. Peter never thought he'd deny Jesus. He never thought he would. But he did. He says that when they started questioning Peter and talking to him, oh, you're one of them. I've seen you with Jesus. Do y'all realize it says in the Bible that that cock crowed three times. And right after the third time, Peter denied Jesus. And that's exactly what Jesus told him. You will deny me before the cock cock crows three times. Would we ever deny Jesus? I hope not. But the devil will come against you filling you full of all kinds of lies and everything else, telling you all the things he can do, and I'm going to tell you something else. He can do them. He can give you the things of the world. He's the God of this world. He can give you money. He can give you fame. He can do whatever, you, whatever will tempt you and draw you to him. He has the power to give that to you because he is the God of this world. He can give you the things of this world and he'll offer them to you. Don't accept it. The moment you accept it, you've fallen into his trap. You've fallen into that little trick he's got. They say, they say that, that, that Satan is so cunning about the way he comes to people. He doesn't just come and say, you know, you ought to deny that Jesus and follow me. He doesn't do that. He tricks you. He gives you little things. He draws you very slowly that you don't even realize you're being drawn until it's too late. You've already said yes to him. Jesus tried to warn his disciples about Satan. In, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41 Listen to what Jesus tells his disciples. This is in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before Jesus goes to the cross. He says, in Matthew 26, 41, when he told them to watch and pray lest you enter into temptation, he said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak. Oh, our spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. That's what Jesus tells us. And it is. We have to stay in the Spirit. He who walks in the Spirit and not in the flesh is who Jesus is looking at. Walking in His Spirit and not in our flesh. But Peter and the disciples, they didn't watch like Jesus told them. Instead, what they do? They fell asleep. 
and the result was they fell into Satan's trap. They didn't do what Jesus told them. He said, he said, watch, stay alert, keep awake. But instead, they slept. They were not watchful like he told them to be. They were not alert like he told them to be. And before they knew it, Satan was there. But you know, Jesus and Peter are not the only ones who warned us about the devil. Oh, Jesus and Peter both warned us. I told you that a while ago when we started. That was two of them. Paul warned us and told us what we had to do. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13, this, this is Paul speaking. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Not yourself, in the power of Christ's might, His strength. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks or the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Satan is not flesh and blood. Satan is a spirit. But against principalities. This is, the principality is the, is the domain of spirits. And against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, that's Satan and his demons, of this age and against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Again, Satan and his demons. And they in the heavenly places. They still have access to certain areas of heaven. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. The whole armor, not just a little piece here and a little piece there, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done everything you can to stand. This passage tells us several things about our battle with Satan. We, we, we battle Satan daily, really. First, it tells us that Satan is very cunning, very smart, very tricky. And he'll deceive you with his lies. That's the way he attacks us. Secondly, it tells us that he has a well-organized army of demons. They say that his demons, the way it's set up, they've got certain ranks. Satan himself is the general, the number one. But then he's got others under him. It's just like Jesus. He had Michael. He had Gabriel. They did a lot of his bidding. Well, Satan's got Satan cannot be everywhere at one time like God can. Satan can only be one place at one time. Well, how does he keep up with us? We don't know how many demons that Satan has. We know that he's got at least a third of what God created, but we don't know how many God created. But his demons... You probably, have a, you probably have a demon assigned to you to watch you. Well, how does God know what I'm thinking? He can't read my mind. No, he can't. But that demon is watching you and what you do and some of the things you say. You know, sometimes we have to watch our mouth. We have to watch some of the things we confess 
and some of the things we say. Because that's people, oh, you mean that person doesn't like that person? They don't get along at all? And before you know it, every time you turn around, you're going to be running into that person. He's going to do everything he can to destroy you and to take you away from God and God's love. And thirdly, it tells us the only way we can protect ourselves is by putting on the whole armor of God. What is the armor of God? We've heard it. But what is it? It's not a physical armor like those knights used to wear, you know, the, all those metal helmets and those breastplates and, and all that kind of stuff. That's not the armor he's talking about. But it sounds like it. Listen to what, what it says. It's a spiritual armor. A spiritual armor. It involves a belt of truth, a breastplate of righteousness, gospel shoes, a shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. Now, I didn't go into a whole lot of stuff, but if you want to read about this armor, you'll find it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 through 17. It tells you about this armor. Then Paul tells us in Romans 13, 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. In other words, don't go to your weakest points. Don't go there. The armor of God is a relationship with Jesus Christ. What kind of a relationship do you have with Jesus? Jesus is watching over you. He supplies your armor as you need it. You know, I'm, I'm just, I've got a couple things here and I'm going to get through. But the blessed, breastplate of righteousness, that, you know what that does? That protects your heart. It covers your heart. It covers your really vital organs. And it, and it represents your holy character and your moral conduct and your obedience to God. That's your heart. Gospel shoes. A lot of people, gospel shoes, you're still to carry the gospel regardless of what you're going through. Uh, it says, stand strong in the gospel even in your fight with the enemy. Stand strong. Don't, don't, don't weaken. And you know, we're talking about gospel shoes. The Roman soldiers wore a special shoe called a caligae. Caligae. You know what that is? That is a special shoe that had spikes coming down through the bottom of it. That's just so they wouldn't slip and fall. They couldn't be pushed backward. They'd dig in. They had the power to go forward by digging in and forcing themselves. Their feet didn't slip. They wore that special shoe in battles. 
so they could fight the battle the way they were supposed to. The shield of faith. That shield of faith is believing God's word and his promises to protect us from all things. And this last, the helmet, when I want to say the helmet of salvation, first of all, the helmet of salvation is to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are saved. That you belong to God. Do y'all realize the first place that Satan attacks you is the mind? His, his lies? He attacks you in your mind. That helmet of salvation protects that. And then last of all, sword of the spirit. We all know the sword of the spirit is using God's word of truth as a weapon. Sword of the Spirit just simply is God's word, his truth. And just like I said, whenever Satan came against Jesus, that's exactly what Jesus did. He used the sword of the Spirit. He used God's word against the enemy. And Satan could not stand against the word of God. That's how powerful God's word is. That's how powerful God's word is. So, what we need to do is get, the, is get God's word down in us that when something comes up and something happens, that word flows out of you to the enemy and it'll stop that enemy dead in his tracks. Satan cannot come against the word of God. He's already defeated. That's why Jesus used it. That's why Jesus tells us to get the word down in us. It says, and no weapon formed against you shall prosper when it comes against you. But you, through God, can condemn that. You can put a stop to it by the word of God. Make a habit of a daily Bible study, reading God's word, getting God's word down in you, his promises, what he wants to do in your life, and how he wants to walk with you and be your God. So I'm just going to stop right here. And uh, like I said, there is a devil. He's real. You have to believe that. That's who comes against you. That's why a lot of things in your life happen. It's because of Satan. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's living on the inside of you, you can rebuke that devil in Jesus' name. You're giving Jesus the power to rebuke Satan. It's not you. It's the power of Jesus in you that you can rebuke Satan. You can turn him away. Use that power because you're going to need it. He will come against every single one of us Be on guard, be alert, and watch for these things. I want to thank you for being here tonight. Let us pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you so much, Father, for you being here. I know you were here, Father. And you were you was here with us as, as we were talking about fighting an enemy.
Lord, you've fought him many times. You've never lost a battle yet, and you never will. So, Lord, I'm asking you to put your word and your spirit in each person, that when the enemy comes, Lord, they'll be ready. They can turn that, they can turn that enemy away simply by the power of the sword of the spirit, by the power of the word of God. So, Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for blessing us. And, Lord, I just ask you to put your hedge of protection around us and keep us safe, watch over us. And, Lord, thank you again for everything you do. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.